What's going on, everyone, and welcome to the TXR Podcast, your favorite place for Xbox talk and more on Sunday nights. This is episode number 132. I'm your host, Invader, and we've certainly got a lot to talk about tonight, especially regarding the uh, latest Inside Xbox, Xbox Series X event. However, before we get into that stuff, I would like to extend a very happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful moms out there. We appreciate all that you do. So, hey, any moms watching, thank you very much. Now, let me get to some of the awesome panel intros. Centurion Buddy, hey, good show last night in the Shop Podcast. What have you been up to this weekend? Oh, man, just tackling the backlog life, uh, playing, uh, finally trying to hammer out Assassin's Creed Odyssey, going to get myself psyched up for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, looking forward to talking about that, but also kind of playing around in a couple other games. Um, I uh, just got playing, what is it, Resident Evil 7? Um, this Now, this is my first time playing it, and so I'm still kind of like on the fence on how I truly feel, because... I grew up with that Resident Evil 2 experience, and now this whole 7 thing, it's more, gosh, it's more casually paced compared to some of the other games I've played. We'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's one of those games that... on the Xbox, or...? Oh, yeah, I'm playing it on the Xbox. What? Do you, what? Well, I would say the only other experience that I would want to play outside of an Xbox One X at this point would be PlayStation VR, um, but I don't own a PSVR, so I'm obviously going to just play it on yeah, my Yeah, you should X. play that game in VR if you ever get the chance. But I, I've heard it's very intense in VR. Yeah. I could tell from playing the game it would be intense in VR. But oh, sometimes, <laughs> like, dude, I'm going to be up front. I love games where it's constantly to the wall, you know, constant action. You're always doing something. Sometimes in uh, Resident Evil 7, though, man, I it's like almost like... Uh, I hate to use the term like watching paint dry, but you're like just casually walking down hallways because you don't want to like run too fast because if you do, you just get yourself jacked up. So you have mixed feelings about it? I don't understand. I, ha- I have a little bit of mixed feelings about it, yes. Um, mm-hmm. um, purely because... Um, I thought the, gra- the game was amazing. I mean, it revitalized the, the genre and, and the series. See, that's where I'm um, right now. I'm only on, I guess. Let me see. I've noticed how the game is doing it. I've gone from the guest house to the main house to, I guess, where the mother hangs out at this point. I'm I'm, I'm now, I guess, getting ready to battle the mom of the family. Um, and mm-hmm. I've already kind of picked up that, you know, the family has something going on with it. This is more like you go from something that affects an entire town or it just seems like a virus and now it's just like localized to a family and i know as you progress through the game it's supposed to get more like resident evil and i'm hoping it sucks me in more um but definitely it's it's different than the resident evil i feel like i'm used to because of just i guess the way that the dad was constantly just coming back and stalking you and stuff like that i mean i don't know Maybe it was just uh, I'm just kind of used to the Resident Evil experience from back in the day because the last one I played was Code Veronica. Hmm. Interesting. Know. Yeah, I'm I've heard a lot of good things about uh, Resident Evil. Oh, don't Evil get 7. me wrong. The game's not crap. No, don't get me wrong. It's a great game, and I don't want to ramble on about it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, 
I mean, I, I won the, uh, what was it, Resident Evil 3 remake off of the uh, Gaming Beyond the Box podcast. I have that downloaded. I still have yet to play it. Definitely waiting to uh, until I get some free time. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to my time with that. I've heard mixed things personally, but uh, well, I can't wait to give it a try. Uh, Jeremy, uh, how's your weekend been, man? It's been busy with work. I mean, that's about it. I haven't really been playing any games re- recently besides Skyrim, believe it or not. <laughs> I, I went I'd back to it on that. Yeah. I went back to an oldie but goodie. And I've spent, you know, back in the 360 days, I spent a good, I want to say, three to 400 hours on Skyrim. And I can go back to it and still go back to it and play the hell out of it which I'm doing right now, but other than that, I haven't really gotten into anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, uh, it's, uh, well, that's what happens, man. Like, you know, you get some free time and then you want to play some new games, but you tend to fire up the oldies, but goodies, right? The classics, they just keep going back to. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm, definitely. I think I'm a lot like uh, Mr. Shockley in a way. Where he likes to go back to the retro days, <laughs> the retro shock, <laughs> the system shock, system shock. Ooh, nice. Uh, speaking of Shockley, uh, how's things at your end, bud? Pretty good. Can't complain. Uh, I've been playing some uh, Death Stranding. Uh, that game's really kind of boring me right now. <laughs> just, good God! Like, there's some good elements to it, but it's just like. Cover your ears, whole, Jeremy. It's so <laughs> boring. Oh my god. Um, but I've been yeah, the, jumping back into. Oh yeah, the, go ahead. The gameplay, yeah, I, I would agree. It's it's boring, but I mean, because all you're doing is literally dropping off packages. But I would say there was there's more good than bad with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, there, there's definitely been some good parts. I'm at like that early stage where you have to like first encounter the those like enemies that yeah. are like humans and have to and steal later, something from their camp and it's just yeah. like i'm not sure how i'm supposed to get around it because there's like so many of them and i know there's some weeds i can hide in but it's like i'm playing yeah. it on hard too maybe i shouldn't have done that no and later on it does open up when you you're able to fight so yeah oh, okay i've been playing some persona for golden been trying to get through that and that's what the my, Persona my Four is a great. That's a great game. I love. I love the Persona series in general. I'm waiting for that Shin Megami Tensei that they uh, first teased at the Switch launch event, and we've heard nothing since three years ago. Shin Megami well, you can Tensei go back. 5. You can always go back and play it on the PlayStation Two. Yeah, that's true. I, I haven't played most of those. Those uh, devil. I mean, devil shit. I remember or... playing it on my boy. Day too. Yeah. Well, I definitely like the the main series more so than the Persona series, but it's still still yeah. good too. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. That's a you know, Persona's a game franchise. I'm very tempted to uh, you know, to get a PlayStation just to play uh, Persona Five. Very interesting uh, title there. Can somebody explain to me what Persona Five is? I have always oh wanted to ask God. this damn question. Think of Pokemon. Don't that. So the main Shimagami Tensei, think of Pokemon, but with demons, and you can fuse them together to make more demons, kind of like evolving Pokemon. 
Yeah, um, pretty cool. And then Persona is a spinoff of that series where it's more, most of them are like having to do with like kids in school and you build relationships to make your ability stronger. So it's mm-hmm. all tied up into that a little bit more. See, that's where I got confused on and- the, the, the whole school thing. So is there like excitement to that or is this like, like so a walking imagine, simulator? So um, no, it's an RPG. So imagine a, have you ever seen 210? no i've heard of it but now but before you go on downer what i mean by like walking simulator i'm just talking like let's talk about the the epilogue of red dead redemption 2 when you're out there shoveling cow crap yeah you're playing a game you're technically playing a great game but you're still doing something that's completely repetitive that nobody looks forward to in real life and that's where i'm just like so when you're in school building these relationships and stuff, is there any excitement to this structure or are you just walking around talking to people? Yeah, that's- it's, it's, it's at least in four, I haven't played five, but in four it's, you know, it's fast paced. Like, Oh, you'll do, go to soccer practice and it takes like it lasts like 20 seconds. Like it kind of skips through it. Like, Oh, you built up this relationship with, and now you know your thing I- is a higher. So that it skips over that part pretty quick so but it's still it's still been pretty enjoyable and the story is pretty good so far you know what i realized in all this is shockley is a hardcore gamer he's hardcore even more way more so than centurion because he and we talk about these old games and he has no idea what we're talking about headlights. <laughs> so you know wow. in order to qualify as a hardcore gamer centurion you need to follow up with these games i'm sorry but really <laughs> Yes. Oh, you getting the call out, man? Are you That's take where, that? for him, I would say Shin Megami Tensei Mainline series is a better because it's more, it's darker, and it's, just because I don't get down with the Asian yep. side there's of no, the game. There's no school involved in the, in no the main school. series. I don't know. See, that's where, um, like I said, I grew up in a Nintendo household. Um, I've played a lot of the <laughs> older Nintendo stuff, kind of growing up. Mm-hmm, um, like but what? I, um, God, yeah. Metroid, all right, you, you uh, Zelda, stuff like that. Um, but no, what you're, I didn't have parents that embraced gaming. I had everything that was pretty much gaming related to me. I had to go out, kind of work for on my own, and I had to kind of pick and choose on what games I could afford because literally I was buying what two, three, four games yeah. a year. So you know, I was doing what I could. Since we're going back to the old the old school days talking about our childhood memories of gaming. My father had a, um, one of those old school tabletop pong machines, the one with the, you know, with the dials. And, uh, he used to, he used to say when I was two or three years old, I used to challenge his buddy, his softball buddies when he used to come home and they used to try to beat me. And I was like two or three years old. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I was like three or four years old. And, um, you know, we used to have some heated battles and it was a four player multiplayer kind of experience where, you know, it's just tabletop tennis. That's all it is. And then later on, I got my first Nintendo. Uh, I remember I was, I think, what, what, when did Nintendo come out? 84, 86. Oh my God. I can't even remember. Anyway, um, <sighs> I remember getting a Nintendo for Christmas and I ran down to my parents' uh, bedroom and said, I must have been a good boy, mommy and daddy, because I got Santa gave me a Nintendo. And from there, um, 
I became a Nintendo fan, but then when Sega came out, it was all over. That's a short history of it. See, I never got to uh, actually own a Sega because I, again, I was told I had a Nintendo. Why did I need to diversify? Yeah, that's true. The key was to get a friend that had the opposite, so then you could just enjoy both. Now, the guy that lived across the street from me, now growing up as a kid, the guy that lived across the street from me um, had a PC, and he exposed me to Doom. Ooh. So there, that's Yikes. where I, I actually saw a different side of gaming when I went over to his house when it came to PC. That was kind of like where it was like I when I was a kid, I think, yeah, I remember playing a lot of stuff on the PC. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I had my Nintendo, but I did have the computer. Um, it wasn't until probably after the GameCube um, when all of a sudden I kind of started going into different platforms because somebody gave me a an OG Xbox, and from there I was hooked. Nice. Very nice, very nice. Uh, nice uh, little history we got going on there, guys. Uh, all right, we already got some people following into the chat. Jay, the graphic god, thanks for joining us, bud. Jago Kukin. Who else do we got here? Solomon Curry, thank you for joining us. Born Distracted, I, I know you're uh, waiting for us to talk about all these games that were announced. We'll get to that very soon, my friend. And who else? Alex Basha. Hey, Alex, thanks for joining us. And to everyone else listening in, uh, before we begin, I'd like to let everyone know that we are doing a giveaway for the upcoming Shark PG Maneater for Xbox One. Head over to our Twitter and check out the pinned tweet for ways on how to enter. The giveaway does end May 22nd, so definitely get on that. It looks like a pretty unique rpg i'm excited to test it out and we cannot wait to give that away you know i do have a mother's day story i gotta tell you guys about now jesus Uh, and it's bringing back it's bringing back bad memories because my mother and you know i'd never forgive her for this but four days before uh mother's day and it was back in 87 uh, my father bought, purchased me one of those Tron arcade machines, and it was, uh, you know, it's one of those those light up one, the black light, the one with the black light, and you know, surround sound speakers. And nowadays, it's worth about five, six thousand dollars in decent condition. Ooh. So, anyways, my mother, since I had the Sega Genesis, she felt like I had too many video games. Um. Uh, it wasn't the, maybe it was the Sega. Yes, it was one of the Sega machines. Anyway, she felt like I had way too many um, systems, and um, she ended up selling it at a yard sale for 125 bucks. And I never forgive her for that. So, if mom, if you're listening, God damn you, God damn you to hell. <laughs> I feel like Jeremy later on in life is going to get a hold of one of those machines and it's going to be enshrined in his house somewhere in like some kind of like bitter statement. And not to mention she threw away like $1,500 worth of GI Joe's. It's Mother's Day. It's bringing back really bad memories. So I'll never forgive her. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like you love your mom. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
guys, I'm just my mom's the greatest. Jesus, it's just a funny story. Jeez, but she did sell my Tron machine. Oof. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? You, you know, you kind of like bite your tongue. It's like, oh, I love my mom. You know, it's I love her to death. But, ooh, mom, did you really have to do that? Oh, <laughs> it kind of hurts. It, if you know my mother, she. Okay, imagine myself, but like ten times crazier. My mom's. She lives life to the fullest. She's pretty crazy. She's like, uh, you know, she's sixty-three years old in a twenty-one-year-old body. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> she's Damn. pretty. Uh, she's pretty amazing. Uh, no doubt, no doubt, man. All right, uh, okay, fellas, we are going to dive right into things and head into our first topic of the evening. And of course, Xbox recently had their latest uh, Inside Xbox episode, which served as a, a showcase for a bunch of Xbox Series X third-party games. The general reaction, well, it seems to be mixed, a little disappointing to some. Although I'm, I'll admit, I, I liked a lot of what was shown personally. Uh, we saw CGI trailers, and we did see some gameplay as well. Uh, Centurion, I'm going to go to you first on this one. What did you think of this event? Did Xbox truly showcase games for the Xbox Series X? Man... I have been kind of rolling this uh, question around in my head since Thursday night when I came home from work and sat down and watched Inside Xbox. Don't do it, Centurion. Don't do it. See, now this is where some people could see as what I'm about to say is damage controlling. But yeah. okay, what, was, I was I overexcited? I will uh, admit that, yes, I was. But after I sat and kind of thought about it for a second, we're talking about an event that is kicking off or at least is supposed to be helping Jeff Keighley kick off a four month uh, string of events. Um, and Xbox is rumored to be doing an event every single one of those months. Now, as far as I know, the only ones that were guaranteed were in May and uh, July. <clears throat> but uh, when you're coming out the gate, I don't see why even why myself thought that microsoft coming out of the gate should completely show every big banger that they have under their belt under their belt if they have them um when it's really uh the first event of many and then also um in doing the show last night with uh ptk uh insepid ghost you know who he is right i'm familiar with him yeah okay he kind of kind of struck me with a point that I couldn't disagree with that. Could you imagine taking, if you look at all the games that were um, shown in that inside Xbox, we're all talking about developers that are not exactly super up there when it comes to popularity and the, the pedigree that comes with some of these developers and Microsoft is obviously extending an arm, helping these developers at a time when there's E3 and other events that these developers can use to help advertise their future products. Um, that's not there. So Microsoft is um, now uh, essentially lending stage time on inside Xbox for these games. And you don't exactly want some of these smaller developers to be overshadowed by the larger developers. Could you imagine if um, the example that was given to me, if they uh, showed the new WB uh, Arkham Batman game at the very end? 
you wouldn't be talking about any of the games that were shown that whole show. You'd all be talking about the end, and I couldn't well, argue. Nobody's still play. nobody's t- still talking about them. Um, if actually no, I've been talking about them. There's games you... like uh, Bright Memory looks like a good game to me. Um, the uh, the Second Extinction game. There's a couple games that are really kind of like have piqued my mm-hmm. interest. And like, what's really interesting is a lot of stuff's going under the radar about some of these games. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is where Microsoft should have at least kind of put the like. Come on. I what annoyed me is the only thing that let you know some of these games were going to Game Pass was a little pop-up in the corner. I yes. think that they should have been a little bit more uh in your face with some of the stuff about these games. Uh like Medium. The game Medium is going to be a Series X and PC exclusive. Correct. Exclusive to that hardware. In other words, you try to stick Medium in an Xbox One, that game will not work. You need either a Series X or PC uh, caliber hardware to run that game. So for starters, that's a major thing when it comes to people we're talking about is this, you know, the fact the Xbox One exists going to hold back games. This is the first example of a developer saying, hell no, we're actually not even going to develop for it. We're just going straight to the top. Mm-hmm. Um and there's some really good mature titles coming out that have piqued my interest. It looks like uh, I'm hoping some of these games come out around Halloween time. That'd be a great time for them. As mm-hmm. I've been able to reflect on this show, I really see now that Microsoft has reached out to help smaller developers um, get some stage time because we have four months. We have four months. And um, now where did we drop the ball a little bit? Probably like... Um, there's that debate on was uh, Valhalla really a gameplay trailer? Um, was mm. it, it was a trailer that was done using a game, a like gameplay engine. Um, but was it a vertical slice of the game that somebody was running around playing? Um, no, that's where I can see the debate on that one. So definitely there was some highs, there was some lows, I just don't think yet again that it, it was a total dumpster fire. Like I, I'm never going to try to go into the belief that Microsoft doesn't know what they're doing at all. Um, but definitely <laughs> they do uh, have some learning to do for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a disaster in my opinion. I mean, it was so bad that even the an exec came out, a couple execs actually came out and basically apologized how bad it was. That's what they did. You know, if you think about it, they had no other big games out there other than Assassin's Creed. And I understand what you're saying, Centurion, about, you know, getting uh, some of the smaller developers some some uh, some light. But, again, on some of these marketing deals that they made, no Cyberpunk, no Elder Ring, uh, there was no really – no key third-party developers, you know, that came out, some big names – See, and that, um, that's what? the argument that was made to me was, would you be talking about any of these smaller developers if they showed anything from Cyberpunk or Elden Ring? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it just depends. I mean, it, were, did they show gameplay? They only showed gameplay for a couple of those things. The other ones were just cutscenes. Mm-hmm. So a lot can be, you know, it's just how you present it. Uh, like, for example, back in, in um, uh, I forgot what year anyway, um, uh jesus i can't even remember uh what year it came out in but um we happy few you know was an indie title that came out and took people way by surprise it was the talk of the of the xbox uh conference at that point at one time so i mean it just depends how you show off the game so and i thought 
Uh, some of the, even the smaller titles were shown in, in in a bad way with no real gameplay uh, shown on some of these titles. But um, there were no surprises. I think that was the biggest thing. And even the production of the Inside Xbox just seemed dull. It just seemed like low budget. They didn't care. They just threw it out there. There was no interviews. There was no excitement. And they just threw it out. And they got hammered for it on social media and uh and and you know in media the likes i think mm-hmm. the main reason they got hammered was just because the and Gr- aaron greenberg said it himself the if they hadn't said anything you know it probably wouldn't be even that big of a issue but they came out and kind of hyped it up to be like oh it because people thought you were going to see assassin's creed gameplay there like and what the power of the xbox series x could do with some of these big budget third-party games and we didn't see any of that had they not said any of that then you know and they just put it out there like you know like oh hey we just uh, put this thing out here inside xbox you know and like at nintendo direct you know what i would be if i was if i was xbox in the future what i would do just to kind of uh limit hype is just say hey you know in this episode of inside xbox we're gonna feature um you know, we're going to feature games, uh, you know, like Techland, for example. Just name the developers and some of the publishers that are making these games. Uh, so that way, you know, there's excitement or not when you when you release those names, you know. Just, I don't know. I do agree that the structure of how they did it wasn't ideal, to say the least. But, I mean, in my opinion, it wasn't a disaster at all. Um, The apologies from, like, Xbox heads, like Xbox marketing head Aaron Greenberg, for example, he did apologize for the event. And, you know, at least they agree with us about how we feel, you know, that there was a general, like, disappointment when it came to, like, how it was, how it was structured and certain things. So they get it. They are listening. They are. It's not like they're completely deaf to that fact. And don't get me wrong, I am looking forward to a couple of these games on here. You know, a few of those games, actually. But at the same time, I just think it was a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. I agree. I did find I... it interesting about Yakuza, how it has not been announced for PS5. It's uh, uh, already on thing, PS... Yeah. It's, I think mm-hmm. it's already on PS4 right now in Japan. Um, and it's on series... It's announced for Series X and Xbox One. But you go on there and you can't find any PS5 label on their website for that Yakuza game. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's uh, interesting seeing the... There's a a few Japanese games on there. Seeing Yakuza there was definitely a surprise. Uh, Even if it was just a cinematic, I I liked what I saw. It looked pretty fun, looked pretty cool. Uh, Did any of you check out that Bandai Namco game. Oh, it, the name's eluding me right now. Nexus. Uh, something. Yeah, oh, that, game, Nexus. that was one of the games that uh, interests me. So, yeah. Yeah, now that, they, everyone was assuming that that was some kind of an exclusive, but no, unfortunately, it's um, it's going to the PS5 as well, from what I could yeah. tell. But it does yeah, look yeah. pretty cool. Like, and it is yeah, a it, smart it looks, delivery. It looks like in line with the traditional Bandai Namco game, you know, God Eater, um, Code Vein, you know, those types of games. Um, same exact concept. Mm-hmm. Now, 
somebody had touched on Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and they were supposed to show some in in engine gameplay, but you know they only yeah, and they only showed like just little clippets, little snips of uh, gameplay, if that. And, it, and that was bad. That was just bad. I have to admit that was you know they were teasing that. You know it sounded like they were gonna show a little more on that. So I that just shown gameplay of that, it would have saved the whole thing. Yeah, well, like everybody actual, was see, like, I, I don't think it? that was That's shown what right. Came there for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree, Shock. Mm-hmm. Like I, a lot of people were upset about that, and I agree. Um, see, but that's on Ubisoft, though. Well, they definitely missed the mark. Well, I don't know because Microsoft kind of like, if this was like, there's no way this show was done live. This was all stuff that was built. I mean, well, no. <laughs> yeah, there's no way this show was done live. So. They got to see Ubi. This is where I'll definitely say I could see I'm trying to kind of like be on the middle and actually say Microsoft did good, but there is also room for improvement. You know, Ubisoft submitted that video before that show was ever put out. So Microsoft knew what was in that and they could have asked for some corrections. In my opinion, uh, one of the corrections I would have asked would be for there to be a little bit more gameplay and it for it to uh, highlight um regretfully this is probably why they didn't want to highlight it um but um the dismemberment um when it comes to uh um combat in the game like we all mm-hmm. know for uh, you everybody here has played origins and odyssey right yeah no. i have um nobody had so has anybody here played origins or odyssey how about that no yes i Briefly started Odyssey. Not enough. I, I've played them both. Uh, so there's no dismemberment <clears throat> in the games and the combat. You know, now yeah. in Valhalla, it's actually talked about how the game. Peep, they got a lot of criticism for how big Odyssey was. Uh, from what I'm hearing, they're actually scaling down the size of the map, and they're putting a lot more emphasis into um, the actual look and feel of the game. And that's where the dismemberment comes in. When you combat, you can now do decapitation, cut off an arm, stuff like that. But this is where it gets interesting. That dismemberment is going to probably more than likely only be exclusive to the Series X uh, build of the game or the PS5 build of the game because the hardware can create that. Uh, the that one From what I've heard, one of the reasons why it did not make it into Origins or Odyssey was because um, none of the the current gen hardware could do the do the dismemberment, and we all remember well, what can, happened, huh? So it can do it. It's just a matter of the physics overloading the CPU yeah. and yeah. Uh, but now, but this is where we have seen in the past from three six from the three sixty PS three generation to the Xbox One PS four generation with uh um, God, what was it? Shot not Shadow of War. Shadows of Mordor, Lord of the Rings, yeah. Shadows of Mordor. Yes, uh, the Nemesis program, the um, <clears throat> the Nemesis program that created the personalities of the orcs. Basically, the heart and soul of the game was only in the Xbox One, PS4 versions of the game because that that was the only hardware that could actually use it. Um, yeah. Apparently, it was not in the Xbox 360, PS3 versions, and it actually they said it was like a night and day difference on how the orcs acted. Um, and so we're going to definitely see this definitely in the future here with these new consoles is there's going to be future features in these games that aren't going to be on the current gen. I mean, I well, what's now current it, gen? Fallout 3 did it on the 360. 
You could but, blow off people's heads and faces and but no, they, but that, that's everywhere. at a distance. That's at a distance, and now also, it was very I rude. Close. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> I blew now, people's face off at point blank with that vat system. Watched their head explode. And their eyeballs no, you're right. Um, so, but let's also look at. Um, there's a lot of bugs with um, that engine yeah, that's true. used, and definitely whatever engine Ubisoft is using for the Assassin's Creed games now. I don't know which one it is. Forgive me. Uh, there's definitely a lot of polish in these games, and there's no way they would want a, a, a buggy he heaping mess going on in their game just to get dismemberment. And so that's where I'm really confident in them saying that they've kind of like done things in the game to really kite the help make the game more of a have a more of a feel to it than trying to just create this massive sandbox experience that's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things where I actually really enjoyed uh, the Nemesis, Nemesis system in uh, Shadow of War. Uh, I thought it was really, really well done. Um, really, like, kind of... Uh, it's just unique, right, with the AI and how it remembers you and whatnot. You know, oh, just, dude, I love it. memorable. And then as you, as you kill them multiple times, they start showing up with bags on their head because they're just so jacked up. Well, it's just they, 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 they shit-talk you. I like how oh, they yeah. talk you and they remember you, especially if they beat you before. So. Oh yeah, that too. But not uh, to, not to t you know go too far off there, but just on that Shimagame Tensei, when you actually, it's kind of like you catch demons, like catch Pokemon, and you barter with the demons after you get them low enough. You want to join my team, or do you want me to just kill you? And you'll they'll shit talk you in the game and negotiate with you to join your like part of your team so that part's kind of cool and that just off tangent <laughs> <laughs> now but shout out to ea for being probably your next go-to oh yeah oh, or maybe that's later. We'll touch on later oh we will definitely touch on <laughs> ea later i know i know a few people in the chat right before the show started were uh definitely uh having some minced words about ea and their uh policies I I know. I'm like, we're all over up here on the production value of an inside Xbox during a stay at home order. But the whole EA thing is totally soaring under the radar for the most part. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. Uh, but going through uh, this topic a little more, we had touched on like confusion over certain game exclusivity. Did they get the, the messaging wrong on that? Because we just assumed that it was going to be, you know, just a simple third party event. Nothing really uh, first like funded by Microsoft or no real exclusives. But then after the event, Everyone's saying, oh, well, this one is only going to be on the Series X, uh, Microsoft exclusive, console exclusive. They, I think they could have highlighted that a lot better. You know, it got people a little more talkative and jacked up about it. I agree totally. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the, the list of games that we have here. I have the list right in front of me right now. Um, let's see. Call of the Sea. Um that looked like a pretty interesting title. Uh, it's a first-person puzzle adventure game, and I, I, the story looks pretty cool. It's set in the 1930s. That is apparently a console exclusive, and it uh, has the smart delivery. Uh, what else do we got here? Uh, Scorn, the um, the first-person horror game set inside like a 
I don't know how to describe it, just like really hideous kind of a decaying like, universe. I think kind of based off that one guy's artwork that kind of started the whole Alien franchise. Oh, like H.R. Yeah. Geiger? Yeah, I think. When I first saw that, type. I was like, dude, are they making a game about Alien? <laughs> Reminds me of Species, the, that movie. Oh, yeah, Species. Yeah, but uh, that was what with Natasha Henstrich, I believe her name was. Yeah. Her, yeah. Yeah, I think, yep, I think you're right. Man, she was hot. But, um, yeah, no, that was actually a pretty, like, everybody was confused when they saw that game, and then they're like, oh, wow, Microsoft has a has this game as exclusive, damn, and, like, people are just really curious about that. Um, and there's more that's titles, a, too. That's another Series X exclusive. Uh, yeah. On Xbox One. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this one, uh, people are not too sure on Second Extinction. Centurion, I know you're uh, looking forward to this. It kind of caught your eye. It's like a, um, oh, how do I, it's a three-person co-op shooter, and you have to basically fight <clears throat> dinosaurs, and it looks pretty cool, actually. I don't know why. You guys know I have two really good friends I play on the regular with, and we just enjoy time wasters like that like man we play plants versus zombies all sorts of crazy multiplayer games just to kind of just to kind of like hang out and just shoot the shit for a while <laughs> that's what i love about mm -hmm. those games and that's why extinction totally looks right up my alley uh that whole horde mode uh co-op and it heck it looks like a very interesting uh um what's the word i'm looking for a concept when it comes to uh, the world that it's in. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And it's made by Avalanche, the uh, Just Cause studio. So, <sighs> See now, but I didn't. Now, Avalanche just did. Um, oh, my God. Rage? Which, no. Didn't they just do. It was a game called. Uh, God, it was like you were like fighting robots. It was like the only thing in there. See, uh, Generation Z or whatever. Oh, Generation Zero. Generation Zero. There we go. Yes. that Was it that done by Avalanche? I don't think so. I'd have to do a quick look. But I, I'm pretty confident they didn't. But I'll have to take a look. Um, but either way, it's interesting them getting... Uh, again, it's I'm not 100% sure. But I, I didn't see any other platform listed. So if they got that, Second Extin Extinction, that is quite interesting. Another smart delivery title. Um, and then moving on here down the list, they have The Ascent, which is a cyberpunk-themed uh, RPG shooter, which... Reminds I, me of Prey, like that. what Prey 2 should have been, other mm -hmm. than uh, being a top-down shooter, just like the aesthetic. It kind of looks like some of those early screenshots. Yeah, well, it's like a uh, an XCOM slash uh, cyberpunk kind of game. It really caught my eye. It was both like cinematic and uh, gameplay. Like Lunar. Yeah, like a twin stick shooter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no release date on that, but apparently that's another one that just kind of got flown under, under the radar about exclusive console exclusivity and smart delivery system as well. And oh, and of course, we're, we were uh, just touching on the medium by uh, Bloober Team, you know, the studio behind Blair Witch and Layers of Fear. So they're well adept at making these horror titles. And this one just kind of came out of nowhere. And it's another spooky kind of a horror game. Xbox snapping up these exclusives. And there it's another Xbox Series X exclusive. Did anybody uh, is anybody interested in this one? Oh, Definitely. 
definitely uh, looking forward to just sitting at home and playing some of these games and uh, sitting next to my wife and just getting creeped out. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody in the chat, what are you guys looking forward to out of what was announced? Uh, as for like any game, any game can go because I'm definitely looking forward to the medium and the ascent as far as all these games list off and definitely curious about score and sorry shot go ahead oh no oh no you were good can i throw one out me a question i I guess you can throw one out centurion bright memory infinite yes that the very pretty much first game i mean that game right there i'm sorry it's guns swords samurais i'm sold (laughs) yeah sorry i thought that you meant (laughs) Well, what's amazing about that game, I think it's on uh, PC. It's been out for like a year or so, if I'm not mistaken. But it was made by one guy, from what people are telling me. Um, wow. Originally, like a lot of it, but like obviously he's there's more mm-hmm. people there now. But uh, apparently this is supposed to be a maybe a newer version or like a, like, I don't know, more packaged DLC like. You see, There's I more thought content than what's on the PC one. That's I thought we were just seeing in game. Uh, sorry, a, a CGI trailer, but as, apparently it was all in game with ray tracing. Like that is that you know, right off the bat, you know, that's what caught everybody's eyes. Like, wow, this is graphically this is blowing my, our minds. And then like slowly, it, like the conference just kept like kind of getting dragged up. But it was really impressive just to start off the show with Bright Memory Infinite. Uh, but yeah, no, lots of uh, interesting titles uh, showing off here. Um, guys, do you think that they need to like rethink the style of these shows? I know we touched on it a bit earlier, but do they need to go with something along the lines of just to keep it more uniform and interesting and consistent? Maybe something along the lines of a Nintendo Direct or a like a PS State of Play. Well, yeah, the production value definitely needs to get better in a lot of these. I I think you're going to see it, uh, you know, moving forward with all the the hoopla surrounding it. I mean, people didn't take it uh, rather well on social media or, you know, like I said, the media. But I think it's going to get better. All right. All right. Yeah, I think it will, too. Uh, We'll touch on, like, their future events in a little bit but uh you know i realize that it's easy to dismiss a lot of the cgi trailers it's not gameplay but there were a lot of new ip announced and that's a lot of good stuff to look forward to i mean i i'm being really positive with this event i mean yes we can knock them for a few things but Really, I, I I went into this event with low expectations. Sure, we could have I would have liked to have seen Cyberpunk or Elden Ring, you know, a nice like big surprise there. But I thought we got some nice uh, some nice surprises in it, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, uh, anybody else have anything to add to this before we move on? No. All right. All right. Sounds good, guys. Uh, let's see in the chat. Oh, we got a lot of people looking forward to the medium. Yeah, uh, I would say in Scorn, Call of the Sea. Yeah, guys, they all looked pretty cool. Scorn does look really scary, definitely. 
Um, okay, guys, on to our next topic. And it's an extension of what we were just covering. Now, a few days ago, uh, before the third party event, Xbox 2020 was officially announced. And it was detailed to be information rollouts over May, obviously the event we just had, June and July. Now, the June event is supposed to be dedicated to, and I quote, Xbox platforms and services. Interesting terminology there, to say the least. Now, Jeremy, I want to get your opinion here first. Uh, Do you think we'll finally see the unveiling of the rumored Lockhart console at this event stream? Because there's... There seems to be some specific language here being used. It's not necessarily saying it's not yelling games to me. Right. They need I think they do need to unveil Lockhart if it even exists in, in the June episode. So this includes the price point for Lockhart. You know, I personally believe in doing so, it's gonna smoke out exactly what Sony is up to, and they're gonna have no choice but to show a lot of its cards because on one hand you have the series uh x and then you have uh, you know the lockhart console uh which is rumored so, you know the reason why it's so important to put on a great show uh, every in every one of these episodes just moving forward it gets the brand uh there it gets people excited for the brand you know and that's my whole issue is and is to keep the momentum they have going because I, in my opinion, Xbox has all the momentum. There is tremendous pressure on Xbox to deliver. Uh, you know, the the May seventh format is just not going to get get it done. Uh, the X twenty twenty needs to be larger in production value. Um, so, especially especially in the July installment, when uh, hopefully we get these first party games, um, they can still do something special for the fans and viewers via streaming um, and just finding new ways for like the fans to be engaged, whether it's, you know, maybe some hashtag polls or, um, you know, prize winning prizes or something like that. They can get fans involved, get fans excited um, and making, making them feel like they're at the center of everything and uh, which is, which includes their content. So, at the same time, uh, they can capitalize uh, on the, its growing uh, Xbox subscription library. I think the services by you know by revealing future plans uh, is important. So I think for sure mm, it's going to ab- get built. Absolutely, and uh, there was uh, over the last day or so we've been hearing different things about price being speculated. There's different industry analysts talking about even just the series X. Oh, Microsoft will undercut, you know, maybe that's if Lockhart does get unveiled, which I think it will be. I mean, that's basically what it's going to be. It's going to be an undercut uh, to price for the PlayStation. Right. So, um, and you know, Aaron Greenberg, Xbox head of marketing, did state recently that this show will be done differently than an inside Xbox show. Show we so we should expect a different format and just different things to look forward to. Really, yeah. And I'm not sure exactly when the um, the the May show was planned or how it took shape. I just think overall they need to do a better job with the messaging. Um, because I guarantee you, um, if we're waiting till June and they have another strikeout, 
come in June, July is not going to be very pleasant for them if they, you know, if they miss. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, moving forward, like we have to remember that they, I think they really need to hit it out of the park with this one because over the past couple of days, there is a rumor going around that PlayStation is going to be having an early June event. So, I mean, it is going to happen regardless, right? They are going to be showing something sometime soon. They have to, right? Yeah, yep. But so, I think, that, you know, with Lockhart, Lockhart being unveiled in possibly June, um, a lot could happen within those two months with, you know, whether it's Sony unveiling the price point. Um, or them having to respond to to, to the Lockhart rumors uh, once it's solidified in stone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you think they'll focus on, you had touched on this a bit, but just to expand on it more, do you think they'll focus on like service, service growth, uh, projects, xCloud, streaming, and like more Game Pass news with this? So they'll mention it, but it's they'll mention it because there's already news on it. You know, there's no sense in beating uh, a dead horse with a stick. So I think they're going to focus uh, exclusively on um, how the future, what the future holds for uh, xCloud and, um, you know, some of their other services, especially Game Pass. So mm -hmm. what if they come out and say, you know, Game Pass is you know, going to launch with a hundred more games. I'm just giving you an example. Um, and then, you know, we have some exclusive developers working. I'm just giving an example, but, uh, you know, exclusive developers working on, you know, for game pass, you know, those in the lines of that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I can see that. Uh, Centurion, do you have any takes on this? Do you think that uh, we'll be seeing the Lockhart possibly be shown? Because, you know, it's been rumored for a while, and now you're having more uh, art gaming news outlets that are, you know, like, let's say Windows Central, basically hinting that, you know, we, we probably will see this coming out. What's your take? Um, I really... I really don't know if you want me to be honest. I hear a lot of um, people that I would honestly take them at their word that the Lockhart exists. You know, there is people on Windows Central. There's people here in the uh, community that, you know, when they speak, I listen and they say there's a Lockhart. And gosh, you know, it's just so hard when you don't know if this thing really truly exists or not, it would be great if it was revealed. But then at the same time, um, I don't know why, but for some reason people embrace Microsoft having two consoles differently than the other guys, or when it comes to other things, apparently it, it creates confusion of some sorts. Um, that's where I'm just like, if they do reveal the Lockhart, I hope they do it in a way that, kind of helps people i guess not feel that way um it will be interesting though because it's definitely going to give some uh, real competition it's good to see microsoft wanting to be aggressive if the lockhart does exist um i just really don't know though if you want me to be truly 100 honest because i've heard the word lockhart thrown around so many times like come on i remember when this whole uh series x thing started it was um 
the 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 project anaconda whatever or there was the anaconda there was the the maverick the lockhart mm -hmm. the scarlet there has been so many names thrown around so it would for me if they reveal the Lockhart, it'll be like finally we know what Microsoft's doing. We can stop throwing around all these code words and uh, other craziness that has come out of it. Oh, absolutely. No, I I agree with you. I mean, uh, we brought it up on the show, you know, quite a bit about the Lockhart, but it is an interesting scenario where you have potentially Microsoft from the looks of it coming out with two consoles I, who knows how they're going to stagger them release wise and then you got Sony like Sony hasn't revealed their a console officially just yet but Microsoft is possibly going to be unveiling a second one it's just, it's just kind of funny that's all I'm saying See, for me I'm in the crowd where I am definitely sitting on the edge of my seat uh, waiting for that price to be revealed so that way I can finally start uh, planning how to uh, afford some of these consoles. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, Shock, do you have a take on this? Uh, do you think that Microsoft needs to, or Xbox in general, just uh, needs to have a different take with this and uh, definitely go into the June event knowing that their, their May one just, you know, it kind of fizzled, unfortunately? Yeah, and I think they'll definitely, and that's probably why they're going for July, since they probably are assuming that Sony would at least announce something in June, wh whether or not they announce the price or what have you. Um, and I think they this was just like a small snippet of what they have to announce. I'm sure they have a, a lot more news, especially if Bakar exists, mm -hmm. to kind of, and like they said, they're good. They have stuff going like at least every month. Um, leading up so they'll probably have some other type of news in june as well as you know probably a big july event uh, mm -hmm. so i mean i'm sure they have so much to easily announce they could just sprinkle like little by little if if they feel they need to, something to bounce back from this you know maybe late in may or something well the thing is again i i did like a lot of what was shown in, in the may show I, although i i can take criticisms at Microsoft for how they, they did things or what they did and didn't say during it. Um, but so they did give like the ball and cut in Sony's and PlayStation's court here just because, you know, they kind of fizzled on the event. And now it's basically expected that Sony will have some kind of event within the next month's time. So, I mean, Sony does kind of have a, uh, well, everyone's looking to Sony right now. Can I uh, throw something out there? No, you may not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, of course, of course. Well, it does involve putting on a tinfoil hat. So um, what if Microsoft deliberately threw a crappy show? Like, what if they no, deliberately? No, no, I no. don't know. Like, I'm just saying no. it is like right now, it everybody says all these companies march to the drum of their own beat. Come on, they're they're circling around this uh, massive elephant in the room called the price tag, and the reveal of the PS5 and the potential reveal of the Lockhart. This is a very big game of chess um, that depends why, on the. Why other would you want? Why would you want a month or two months of just bad publicity? I, who said no? Who says it was a month? No, I'm just saying. Who said? Maybe Microsoft didn't expect the negativity would be so bad, but maybe they threw a very lackluster show 
to kind of give um, PlayStation that confidence to come out and try to knock it out the park and throw an awesome show and throw their cards on the table so that way Microsoft can finally roll out what they've been wanting to kind of fully do because I'm pretty sure Microsoft themselves have been a little kind of like amazed at how very little um, PlayStation has revealed. And it's hard to kind of be fully aggressive when you really don't know what the other guy is doing. At this point, you're just posturing. I think you're right. I do need that tinfoil hat. I just to to throw it out. Right. At least like maybe they are just throwing out these like small things to try to like get them out there. Like, you know, putting Xbox series X news little by because little. there, there has and to be a strategy to their business PS5. plan. There has to be a strategy <laughs> to their business plan because come on, Sony I'm not is saying pu- they do a bad show that, that they just messed up. They probably didn't mean to do what they did, but to at least put out a show, I think that was their plan to just like, Hey, eventually you're going to have to, Sony's it's going to put more and more pressure on them. Like, Hey, we're but, seeing more games. Yeah. Xbox. Now you do a we small, have, we show. don't even know what the PS5 looks like, but you do a small show giving people what they want, new IP, a little bit of look at next gen. It's just enough bait to get the other side to come out because you know when PlayStation does a show, it's going to be like AAA here, AAA here, first party there, first party there. You know, it's going to be like banger, banger, banger. That's basically how PlayStation is. They're going to come out and basically pretty much try to blow everybody out of the water and be the event of this four months of gaming and honestly, that's why I really do believe Microsoft is probably holding just a little bit back because why would you want to do that when you know your Sony is supposedly crouching down and laying wait for the right time to pounce? Well, remember, like they're going to be showing off. They're saving Halo Infinite supposedly for July, along with uh, I think Microsoft announced Double Fine's going to be showing yeah. off something Obsidian. And that's because that's probably Microsoft has decided in their own mind that if Sony has not shown anything by July, at this point, they are going to have to basically go to probably what is plan C. And that is marching to the drum of their own beat. And they just do things the way they feel they should be done because they have because, you know, if they came out, well, we want to undercut the PlayStation. How do you undercut the PlayStation if you don't know their price? I'm just that's where I think July is the longest that Microsoft is willing to wait to hear anything from PlayStation. And if they haven't heard anything by July, that's when they're just going to start putting stuff out there because they have to continue on with their business and they can't have it all ride on PlayStation revealing something. If we don't hear anything from Sony till July, you know, the, you know, some of the Bloomberg uh, news that came out, Mm -hmm. some of these rumors that you've heard, there's some a lot of truth to it because there's no way you go all these months, which would be you know at that point be seven months, mm-hmm. um, and not hear something for them to you know for there to be something wrong. Yeah, that's where I feel like there's there's a small strategy to what Xbox is doing. I feel like uh, rolling out that str- executing that strategy uh, was not done well at all, as we can all see by the uh, show that was put out. Um, Downer's completely right. I did at the end of that show go, there's going to be a lot of people not happy. I knew that at the end of that show. 
Mm. And um, but that's where I do see Microsoft was trying to probably keep it uh, small in a sense because they always do have in the back of their mind that their competition PlayStation is going to come out of the gate swinging when they decide to come out. There's I don't know. There's no way I can't see Sony missing June. I mean, it, we'll we'll see. Obviously, uh, we'll probably get an announcement soon if that's the case. But it it is very telling, though. We, we don't really know very much about this console of theirs at all. We've only seen a controller. Well, if the Bloomberg stuff is correct, we're at a stalemate at this point. Um, Xbox wants to compete with PlayStation, so they want PlayStation to reveal their price first. PlayStation wants Xbox to reveal their price first. So that way they can decide whether or not they're able to either break even or take a loss on the console. I feel like both companies are literally at an impasse on what to do next because neither one wants to reveal their price first. And it seems like if you go off that theory, both those strategies depend on the other guy revealing their price first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Well, uh, well, obviously, we'll we'll have to play wait and see for all these. We'll probably get more information in the uh, next week or so regarding the Microsoft uh, June event. But yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting to see when uh, Sony announces their event. Obviously, they're going to have something. I'm looking forward to seeing what they have. It's just it's very curious to see. Um, like well, just what we'll see from it. it's it. Well, this is it's a fun time speculating about all this stuff. But uh, hey, everyone, we are gonna move on to some other news. And you know, I'm sure a lot of you already know about the Xbox Series X. It will feature the smart delivery system. We talked a lot about it uh, recently. If you buy an Xbox One game that supports the feature, you'll get an enhanced next gen version for free. However, with EA Games, there may be a catch. Now, Madden NFL 21 was featured in the recent Xbox Series X gameplay event and stated there would be free upgrades. However, in a press release, EA stated that they would only offer upgrades for a limited time. And I quote, to receive the offer, players must, must purchase Madden uh, NFL 21 on Xbox One by December 31st, 2020. An upgrade to the Xbox Series X by March 31st, 2021. So about, you know, what, four months uh, gap there. It's not really a lot of time. Now, Centurion, I'm going to pick on your brain on this one first. Does what EA is doing here seem, well, a little less friendly than Xbox's plan? Well, just to put it out there, Invader, when you sent these topics out and I read that, I actually had to click the link and read the article because I was floored when I re read that topic. I was just like, oh, my God, EA cannot get out of the way of the almighty. We got to make money by any means necessary. Um, I was completely for. And then when you read it off, I still have the same thought. The only way that 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 deal kind of works is, I guess, if you buy it digitally. Because how do they know when you bought that game uh, for like upgrading it to the Series X? Like that because there's like a window there. That, that's why I'm kind of curious because there's like a four month window there. What if you bought the game, you know, before December 31st, but you didn't buy the Series X until March of, uh, we'll say, February of the next year? 
um, you know, how do you kind of like sort the logistics of that out? It seems very convoluted and shady. And EA once again is trying to figure out ways to um, uh, nickel and dime rather than uh, create software that is just groundbreaking that everybody wants to spend their money on. They just try to find ways to force you to spend your money if, um, you know, you upgrade to these next consoles. Like, I'm kind of like mind blown. Listen, I understand why they said what they said. And I would agree with you, Centurion, that it is nickel and diming people. But it makes no sense with the, their, their game plan behind it. Because if you think about it, the, you have to buy within a certain window. It's automatically turning people off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's like a lose-lose situation. And there's also supposed to be themselves. shortages of these consoles too. So, Right. So why do that in the first place? Why it just doesn't make sense. I understand why they they did what they did, but it doesn't make sense. It's almost mm-hmm. like they're oblivious to um I don't know, it's just crazy to me. The only way you could come it's up with not this like is, they're giving away free stuff, like <laughs> it, exactly. That you already bought it for sixty dollars, right? Right. And mm-hmm. it's the most copy and paste game. They have like they barely do any <laughs> mm-hmm. improvement yep. or really spend anything to really overhaul it, and then you still won't just give a free upgrade. By that point, if someone wanted to upgrade the game, because what what was the deadline? March. March yes. football's over. Yeah, like, you can't give me a free upgrade when when the season's over and like no one's buying Madden or Madden is discounted to like ten or twenty dollars by that point. Yeah, it, it just doesn't yeah. make sense at all. Like at all. Mm-hmm, absolutely now, now do you, yeah no go ahead centurion go right ahead i was just gonna say what are they gonna do to just like what are they gonna do that's gonna be so groundbreaking to where it's gonna be like you need the series x version of this game over the xbox one version like i'm just like what is gonna be so groundbreaking that it's even gonna drive that and it like I, i'm so, with downer it makes no sense like it's like so they are then- totally out of touch with what people are saying, what what other businesses are trying to do. Right. But if they came out and said, look, if you buy the game in September, we're going to give you a free upgrade. That in itself is marketing for them where they can go out and have people buy their game just based off that. <laughs> now with them saying, it just doesn't make sense. It's like it contradicts what what this press release says. It's It's weird. Oh, absolutely. I just find it funny that X like Xbox's smart delivery system, it's there's no strings attached to it. There's no little small print. It's just it does what it says. Whereas with EA, like there's like it's crap. It's like it's a shittier version of it. Why would anybody support this? Uh, it's crazy. It is crazy, but my another question I have for this is I'll ask the panel, do you guys think that this will only be for like yearly titles such as the the Madden sports games, or do you think that it will affect other titles as well? Well, it's going to be everything released up until the Series X comes out. Right, yeah. But so, just EA in general will probably be dumb and do this for all. Uh, <laughs> Why do it for the mm, one that really isn't costing you much I mean, to do it on? Any, if you want to do it on that, then... 
probably going to do on it. So any release uh, this year or the year before that, you know, they decide to upgrade it for, you know, it just, it just depends. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. It's just EA in, in all these years, EA is known as one of the worst companies, not just gaming company, but one of the worst companies. Well, it's like they're, it's like they're digging their own grave. And how does Andrew still have a job? I, I still don't understand. Like this guy has been shit on for like at least three years and he still has a job. Mm-hmm. And remember, it's, in it's not like they've been doing good things. You look at what they've done with Battlefield. You look at what they've done with other franchises. I mean, you know, they're taking hits left and right because of just poor quality and just poor deci- decisions overall. And like, you know, something like this, it really enforces the whole like, you know, EA is more interested just in profit than being like pro consumer, obviously. You know, in the States, I see them, you know, they're, they're not as, um, how can I say it? Well, okay, overseas, nobody pays attention to, you know, all the hoopla on Twitter, all the press releases and stuff like that, unless you're a hard gamer. Now, the average person that buys a FIFA title every year or Madden title that spends thousands and thousands of dollars on FIFA cards or, you know, some of these microtransactions that FIFA and Madden offer, and their FIFA series is a cash cow in that regards. You know, they're making a lot of money off that. Maybe EA just doesn't care. You know, maybe they're just saying, oh, you know, we're making all this. Maybe they just don't care. And, you know, that's how it goes because nobody – I don't know. It's just, it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird that they want to pull this move. I mean, you would have thought that when they were at this event and they were highlighting, showing gameplay for uh, the next Madden, that it would just be more of a transparent thing. But then you come out with this press release and then everybody's pissed <clears throat> off. I mean, did they not think that this would upset people? Like, it's just, it's very weird how they're going about this. I'm also shocked in the fact that uh, wasn't EA working closely with uh, Microsoft on some things? Uh, Apparently. I mean, like they always have mark, you know, they always have some sort of marketing rights with them, whether it's Battlefield or Madden, you know, almost every year. They had uh, the guy from EA standing there with like the Game Pass Uh, guys at that in at like the XO event. Yeah. I was just wanting to point that it out because I'm just surprised that the EA would yeah. do this working that closely with Microsoft and knowing the direction they're wanting to go. Well, I mean, I think EA can do whatever they feel that's best for their business. I think if they think this is the best route, then that's to the world. But like I said, it just doesn't make sense what they're doing at all. Like not even a little bit. It's funny that you heard that uh, earnings call where this was kind of leaked that EA was going to do uh, smart delivery in a sense for Xbox and PlayStation. And people were saying, oh, well, PlayStation is going to have smart delivery too, which it looks like that's not the case. Um, or at least like this isn't the case. And still, you know, we're still waiting to see if they're going to do that. Everybody's saying, hey, well, they did it already or because they have cross buy. It's just cross buy. Like, no, cross buy was when you bought the same game at the same time and you got the same port of the game 
on your Vita, your PS3, and your PS4. It wasn't like, hey, we're giving you The yeah. Last of Us remastered because you bought it on the PS3. Sony didn't even do that for any of their first-party games. Plus, now be, definitely not any. Triple there was games. another. Yeah, there was another article that came out on Mar- March fourth. I believe it was from the same, uh, same place um, where it said delivery. Uh, delivery may let you cons- custom install games, meaning Microsoft's uh, next-gen Xbox Series X uh, could have a console-wide uh, custom installation feature that significantly reduces overall game sizes. So I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. So, for example, you know, Modern Warfare, you guys know, um, some of these Call of, Call of Duty games are just getting very hefty with their, you know, I think it clocks in at over like 100 gigabytes, the whole package. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty um, hefty. You know, so if you can carve up some of that installation and only download what you're actually going to play, uh, whether it's multiplayer or single player, uh, if it comes with both games, uh, I'm sorry, both uh, options, it's just going to be another uh, added feature on that. So maybe it could cut down, like kind of like what they did with Crackdown. Uh, I know Crackdown seems like it's two in uh, well, two two different games with the multiplayer side and then the single player side. But if you can have it just where you can access a certain, maybe it's a certain uh, uh, you know single player area or only half the game and then you can download the other half later you know to cut down on some of these times it'll just be it'll be interesting Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we are seeing bloated uh storage drives obviously uh games are i mean they're packed with so much right now you look at i mean you mentioned call (laughs) of duty look at uh, modern warfare i think it's clocking in now because of all the updates something like Oh, I want to say I saw an article that was clocking near or at like 200 gigs. Like that is uh, yeah. pretty insane. Like, I think, uh, you know, we'll see exactly when Halo comes out, because I think it's just going to be a massive game, uh, you know, when it comes out that, um, you know, a lot of the gigabytes uh, that get taken up, are due to like voiceover work or video or something like that. That takes up the most uh, memory as far as that goes, but it just depends how large your game is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff is very interesting. I'm curious to see, like, the Series X is going to have a one terabyte SSD, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, expandable storage <clears throat> is going to be key. So, yeah, I'm really, I really want to see how they're going to be working their magic as far as storage and uh, selecting what you can, you know, selectively yeah. choose. What, yeah, and I think, I think the the custom installation was found. It's going to be found in like the Master Chief Collection uh, on PC. Uh, the game will let you choose which portion uh, of each of the game you want to install. You know, so for instance, um, uh, PvP. Um, you know, the campaign or firefight, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. All right. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to transition into, well, some other 
industry news and developer Techland shot down a few rumors making the rounds as of late. One being that Microsoft was going to be acquire them. Apparently that's not true according to somebody in the PR there. And also that the that there's rumors of the studio being in turmoil because originally a report came out a few days ago citing that development there is all kinds of development troubles and that it's the studio is just in general disarray. Now, shock, buddy, I'm going to start with you on this one. Should we believe the PR statements being provided by Techland? Because this game, I mean, initially, like it was supposed to come out in the spring, but it got delayed indefinitely, kind of uh, similar to how The Last of Us 2 was, although it, and a little bit of difference there. But this game was announced back in two, uh, 2018 at E3 at Microsoft's uh, conference. So should we believe what Techland's telling us here? Or I don't know, do you think that there's, you know, maybe a little bit of a PR cover-up going on? Uh, there might be some cover-up going on, but I would say this, Dying Light 2 has been in development since the first game. Uh, at, shortly after the, um, the expansions. So, you know, it's bizarre that they didn't upgrade it for the, uh, you know, the, the, the X when it came out. That was a head scratcher. Mm -hmm. So I think there is some truth to that because, you know, why wouldn't you upgrade or enhance one of your more popular games that are on in, that's on Xbox, one that's been purchased by millions and millions of people? Why wouldn't you upgrade it and enhance it for the X? You know, it's just... Maybe they're just too busy working on Dying Light 2, uh, you know, which, you know, it's just bizarre. Mm -hmm. A lot of these, a lot of these uh, topics are just bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of uh, bizarre yeah. topics in uh, just gaming, the in gaming industry altogether these days. Gaming isn't a bizarre industry in itself. <laughs> yep. No, absolutely. But I mean, Dying Light, it's one of these titles that, I mean, it really, it's a very successful title. A lot of people, it, it caught a lot of people's attention, uh, very successful new IP. And it's just, it's Dying Light 2 has really been dragging its heels. Uh, they had, uh, they have as a writer, a former Obsidian um, developer, uh, Chris Avalone on there uh, doing the story and yeah, they're doing some cool so, things with the game. So a lot of times when some of these things release or leak or something like that, uh, and PR goes in and, um, you know, says, oh, no, everything's fine. They're really appealing to their, stock, you know, their stakeholders and stockholders, you know, just because, uh, you know, for example, uh, I believe in that link that you send, uh, Ola, I don't I can't pronounce her name, but I think she's the PR person. That's correct, yes. Acquired by another publisher. We're still an independent studio, and we're delivering Dying Light 2 on PC, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. So her saying that, and this was as of May 6th, leads you to believe that uh, the Dying Light 2 is coming out... Um, you know, pre-series Series X, but I don't think that's the case. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because 
yeah, there was some uh, really weird stuff going on uh, with. Well, basically that. Yeah, there was a. In case you guys don't know, there was a rumor going around that there was a lack of communication going on between like different parts of the studio, which I mean, it, it, it can be a common thing. There was a lack of clear direction and uncertainty an uncertainty uh, with uh, just the way that they were approaching it. Uh, apparently they had gone back and forth with the game. Um, I want, I want some people to realize exactly when you hear um, issues with uh, developers and publishers, I want you to always refer back to some of your experiences with your employers and some of the dramas that, you know, and drama that goes on there and it's everywhere. I don't care where you work. I don't care where you've been, everybody on this panel, everybody in chat, every single person, there's always been, I don't care where you've worked, there's always been rumors about people being unhappy and uh, people that are disgruntled, everywhere you go. So that's why it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't affect me. You know, it doesn't affect me what I think about Techland. And the same sh should go for, um, you know, everybody on this panel or everybody in chat. You know, it shouldn't affect your opinion about uh, a publisher or somebody, a developer that you like. Just take it with a grain of salt and that's it. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah, just, just to go a little deeper into this, what the supposed issue are, it's like a conflict between... Uh, the head writer and the game's creative director. Apparently, Apollon wanted to make a, a deep RPG experience, whereas the game director, he continually interfered with the narrative process. So there was different conflicts, according to what the rumored uh, turmoil was in the studio. And then on top of that, uh, there was reports of, uh, what was it? Uh, there's crunch in the studio as well, because they're working, obviously, well, really hard just to get things like up and running. And apparently they lost some people too, according to a lot of people leaving the studio, similar to what's been going on at Naughty Dog. But again, that's just general uh, new reports. But the PR is shooting this down. I mean, obviously that's what the PR would do. They don't want to put out anything negative, like you said, with the shareholders. Um, so that is true. Shock, I want to get your take on this. Um, obviously, Dying Light, the first one was a success. They wanted to create an ambitious follow-up, but, I mean, they seem to lack the focus and everything that gets thrown out of whack. Sometimes that happens at a studio. Do you see this as, like, a potential Bioware situation a la Anthem from the way that it sounds? Um, I'd probably put it more towards, like, with Halo, where you kind of saw like their creative director leave, and people kind of that recent rumor that went around that it was rebooted, uh, like in mm. 2018, which was around that same time. But people think of rebooting like, oh, they totally scrapped it. Like, no, they they keep probably most of the game, most of the assets, probably just steer the story or maybe part of the scope they're going for, maybe in a slightly different direction. Um, so it could be something like that, or like you had Uncharted that yeah. lost Amy Hennig, their creative director, and it, they pushed it back and delayed it. So, And it came out great. So it could be something like that where they're just like, their timeline's a little bit longer. You know, that mm -hmm. trajectory is longer output since if they may have changed something kind of like Halo did or Uncharted. Yeah. You know, some of these um, 
larger games, you know, The Last of Us 2, uh, Halo Infinite, um, you know, the one Shock was mm. talking about. There's a lot of pressure that's involved uh, with a lot of these titles, and and maybe somebody doesn't like the the direction of either the story or the gameplay or just set pieces. Somebody doesn't like something. And you know somebody leaves because of it. You know, there's always there's always something. You know, so I think maybe the same thing is happening to Techland. But I always say this at the end of the day: uh, Techland is a proven developer, and they should uh-huh. be given the the benefit of the doubt, just like Naughty Dog should be given the benefit of the doubt. Just like you know, to me, three four three does not deserve the benefit of the doubt because. You know they really haven't truly delivered on on some of these titles, some of these Halo titles that were that came out. The same could be said about uh, the Coalition. You know what have you done for me lately? So I think Techland, you know, someone like them, they deserve the benefit of the doubt. So you know, let's just wait until we either hear some some uh, you know some news that is real or wait until the game comes out and that's mm-hmm. what it boils down to oh absolutely and as mr kima says dying like two i mean it could be delayed to enhance it with uh ray tracing for the xbox series x yeah i mean that that could always be a possibility um there, again we're just uh kind of shooting some ideas out here because you know, games get delayed. It is a common occurrence, but uh, it's been very quiet on the Dying Light 2 front and uh, to be mm-hmm. delayed indefinitely. Well, it's kind of interesting. And Xbox does seem to have, uh, you know, marketing ties to it. And with the whole rumors going around about acquisitions, I mean, the PR, the PR did come out pretty quickly just to uh, dispel this rumor. I mean, for all you know, they could just be... Uh, Maybe there could always there could be something brewing. You never know. Maybe they, maybe they haven't finalized anything, but there could be something going on. Well, sometimes you just hit a development but bump. I mean, everybody look mm-hmm. at everybody's had one. You know, there's everybody's had one. Mm, absolutely. So, you know, just one of those things where maybe we should take it with a grain of salt. So. Yeah, I I agree. We should take it with a grain of salt. It's just interesting whenever these things come up. And I know a lot of people are looking forward to Dying Light 2. And it's just it's unfortunate that it has been delayed. But, hey, you know what? I would rather have a polished game than, well, a buggy piece of crap, obviously. But, uh, all right, fellas, we will move on to... Well, 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 it'll be our last topic of the evening. And, well, it appears as if Nintendo is not the only... Uh, platform with a controller lawsuit now originally i want to talk touch up on this uh last week but we kind of went over uh time but recently a new york resident filed a lawsuit against microsoft stating that they purchased two xbox elite controllers and they both exhibited signs of drifting now drifting that's when movements are detected in the controller but the controller sticks themselves are not moving the claimant alleges that Microsoft is fully aware of the issue, but, and I quote, failed to disclose the defect and routinely refuses to repair the controllers without charge when the defect manifests. Now, 
anybody like anybody uh, on the panel can uh, hit hit up this one. Now, I I personally really like Xbox's controllers overall. I'm usually pretty pretty satisfied with them. However, I've often questioned the build quality of, for example, the Elite controllers, for example, I've had like the back is kind of peeling off in certain areas. I'm not too really pleased with that. But in this matter, is this something that Xbox needs to address or is this overblown as an issue? I really do not know. Um, you know, I'm talking I mean, with David Preen on how much testing there was um, done on the controllers. Um, if this is definitely an issue that Microsoft is covering up, that's pretty pretty major but i didn't really get that impression from david preen he made it sound like they test the controllers pretty vigorously uh sometimes things go unplanned for but yeah. it also comes like like david preen says it also comes down to how you're using the controller and sadly there is a small portion of gamers out there that don't hold the controller the way most gamers do and so when when hardware developers don't plan for someone to hold the controller in that manner, things happen. Now let's let's be clear here. This is not a widespread issue like Nintendo's. I mean, I've owned uh, a bunch of uh, Switches, a bunch of Joy Cons, and I've had issues with every single one. You know, and this is not the case to where. Um, it's you know it's a specific Xbox controller. Uh, you know, controller being the have it being the elite, and you know, I think it's a good time if there's if there are issues and they have and Microsoft is aware of it. I think now is a good time for them to be, uh, you know, um, transparent. <laughs> you know, we're gonna go mm -hmm. back to that one where oh yeah, we're gonna be more transparent, go moving forward, blah blah blah. It's now time for them to step up to the plate if there's an issue. Now, I'm mm -hmm. not a legal expert, and I don't know exactly what their communication can be when there's a, uh, you know, when there's a lawsuit, um, especially of this magnitude. But, um, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see whether or not they come out and talk about this. Mm -hmm. Now, I should clarify that it actually does. The lawsuit actually does go over. Uh, all of the xbox controllers not just the elite okay. but but the, it's just so, the, it once cited was the uh just for example like one guy had gotten so, a couple of so it goes over all xbox controllers i can definitely mm -hmm. say without hesitation that i've never had an issue with my xbox controllers and i've purchased a lot of xbox controller we're talking about um at least up to you know 40 xbox controllers i've purchased and i've never had and as much as i played or played i've never had an issue with them you know just be, despite that um you know the one issue i had with the elite controller uh too with the trigger mm -hmm. but nintendo on the other hand you've heard of all the nightmare stories regarding the, the joy cons and I've experienced drifting with every single joy con controller I've ever had. So, you know, I don't know. Well, just from the chat alone, uh, I mean, kind of mixed responses here. Uh, Alex said that he had problems with, uh, the elite one series, uh, uh, Geeky nerd here says he's more of a results guy than transparency guy, to be honest. <laughs> uh, day one, uh, what was it? Uh, NLG Gaming, uh, what was it? 
my day one controller uh, 2013 is shot at this point. Well, you probably put a lot of mileage on it. Uh, Fastback, he says, I do agree that the quality of controllers this gen seems to be worse than last. Um, well, maybe people are just gaming more, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I have those 360 controllers. Those rubbers, the rubber would run down pretty quick and sometimes like peel right off. Like you go into GameStop and most of the joist, a lot of the joysticks would be missing the rubber on top or part of it. Hmm. Mm hmm. Well, there could be, yeah, there could be like quite a few build issues there. Uh, as Jeremy noted, like Nintendo has had issues with this. They had they're definitely the ma the console manufacturer with like the largest case, I would say, with issues with their controllers. Uh, they have their own class action lawsuit going on, and it's prompted Nintendo to begin actually repairing and replacing defective Joy Cons for free of charge as of last year, I believe, uh, yeah. with or and without they warranty. They can't even get it right on their. Duh, their switch lights you know that's how bad it is so i don't know if it's a manufacturing thing i don't know if it's a uh development design issue from the get-go who knows but it's bad like nintendo's issue is really bad it's not like one of these xbox issues where it's you know one of these one-offs i i haven't heard of it since since this article came out, I haven't heard of any issues regarding the Xbox controller other than the Elite One. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Right. Well, it, it, it does seem to be a larger issue than what I initially thought, but I'll be honest with you. I... You know, I try playing with the uh, the 360 controller, and uh, I, I can't go back to it personally. I love the uh, the Xbox One <clears> controller, <throat> even just the uh, the regular one. I, I've but I have had a few issues with it personally. I've had a few things break off, just the regular ones. Uh, the Elite one, I love the Elite controller, but again, like the back is like all coming off. And I know I'm not the only one. I know UK Daz uh, had some similar issues as well. I, I, I know there's going to be faulty products, but I would like to see, you know, you for example, you spend a lot of money on these controllers, like 60, 70 bucks on the regular ones. Um, you got the elite controllers. I know up here in Canada, they cost close to $200, if not more. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, really, you know, we do have to voice our concerns about this. I, I do love the product. It's just, uh, you know, you, you ex expect more reliability when you're forking over a larger chunk, chunk of cash. So I do understand these concerns. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, Nintendo. Nintendo's had uh, terrible controllers. Um, that's for sure. Um, man, it is. I wonder if there's like if if they have a similar Nintendo and Microsoft have similar manufacturers. To be honest, uh, like getting the parts from that'd be uh, my question. Uh, it's it's possible, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Since well, everything's I, fucking made in China now, Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow tell us how you really feel no everything's made in china everything it's just getting to a point where it just makes me sick to my stomach well in my line of work i can actually say that i get to deal with domestic manufacturers nice Ooh, that's nice that's a nice feeling i mean it would be nice uh i mean since you brought that up jeremy just to touch on it uh it would be nice if they did kind of you know bring all that stuff back home 
you know. Yeah. And you guys know the reason why everything's you know made in China, right? Centurion, you know. Mm, why not tell me? It's because of labor costs. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because we have a minimum wage here. We also, uh, um, oh my God, I'm gonna. We don't have. Uh, I'm gonna get burned at the cross. We have ethics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We don't have uh, slave labor children working. You know, for us. but in defense of you know, like oh, we have ethics. If we really have, I mean, the fact that we still support the the fact that that's a, well, at least it's over there. No, I don't think we should be supporting that. Um, I really do feel that we need to find uh, better ways of manufacturing manufacturing our goods all around the world. Um, and definitely not under those conditions at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, well, yeah, I, I'm personally, I would like to see all that stuff come back. I mean, uh, you know, these, these companies like Microsoft, for example, they do get incentive incentives from, you know, the U S for example, they invest in them and, uh, you know, they're not, you don't see the return back. So it would be nice for these jobs to come back, come back home in a lot of ways. That's just my opinion. Well, definitely this pandemic has definitely shown a lot of these companies that they can't have all their eggs in one basket or have all their manufacturing in one country. They definitely need to diversify and spread themselves out a little bit across the world because when one factory goes down in China for the flu, um, mm -hmm. you know, you could have another factory here in America, Mexico someplace else that's going to at least still kind of be turning out production that that way you wouldn't be taking as as huge of a hit considering all the production is over there yeah and i know it's off topic but i'm gonna get into something that's gonna get me fired okay. up yeah but you know take beef for example you don't want you want to know why you're paying more for beef now is because you know we're we're ordering all this beef from fucking brazil and all these other countries that produce when we have more than enough food in the U.S. to go around. Uh, the problem is, is that you know so, some of these cows that we get from the U.S. are expensive, and, and producing, uh, you know, producing meat in the U.S. is a lot more expensive as it is to get from Brazil. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting on the whole beef situation, considering I'm a big um, bird and fish fan. Yeah. Oh, uh, even the chickens. I mean, even the chickens are going up in price. So yeah. I'm already I've always I've always been used to chicken being freaking expensive. Yeah, chicken in in, in general is expensive. Mm. I'm a pork guy myself. Puerco. Shockley, how about you? <laughs> you haven't had your input, yeah. So chicken, uh what about you? He's a yeah, a pussy. he's a vagina. I mean he's a what? Uh, fish kind of guy. <laughs> sushi, yeah. He's a sushi. Sushi, oh yes, uh, sushimi. Or uh you, I don't know about sushimi. Or uh, uh well, I'm a tempura guy. I like my tempura. So, I you know, do I, too. Anything deep fried is uh tasty, but yeah, okay. uh not so not so good for you, but taste I'm is more important. You don't like that raw <laughs> sushi? I do. I, I do like it. It's just I prefer no, anything no. with a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of crunch, a little bit of uh, you know extra flavor. If you catch my drift, just I like the tempura. You know, I've been on an ice cream binge the last two weeks. <laughs> I've been eating ice cream 
nonstop every single day for at least two weeks. Like wow. just nonstop. Just been eating ice cream. Yeah. My, my wife it's would be that rolling serious. me around the house about this time. Ooh. Now, you got me curious, Jeremy. Uh, what flavor? Any Anything in particular? So, I like... Yeah, so I like um, like pralines and cream, cookies and cream. Ooh. Uh, what, what else? I, so I we have different brands of ice cream in Montana. There's a company called Umqua, and their ice cream is excellent. So as far as like being the best, I'd say that's probably one of the best I've had. They make a it's called a waffle cone fudge swirl, and it is so effing good and they make probably the best cookie dough i've ever tasted in the in the world and i don't even like cookie dough hmm. yeah so. I, I could go either way with the cookie dough personally yeah. um guys i wanted to touch on something this wasn't in our topics but it kind of came up today century and i were kind of talking about it before the show uh everybody knows uh michael pactor the game industry analyst and oh, let me grab my tinfoil hat <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it's an interesting thing that he said because he believes, he said this a few hours ago, that Microsoft could undercut Sony by as much as $100 with the price of its next-gen console. Uh, Pactor echoed previous statements that the PS5 is likely to debut at around $500, meaning that if his prediction is correct, that the Xbox Series X could come in as low as $400. Now... Personally, I mean, Michael Pactor is very hit or miss. I just, I, I, I can't see it being that low. I mean, even I could, I could, if they want to be really aggressive with it and have a, a larger market share in the world. Um, you know, you've seen what happens when you know Xbox uh, One launched when it was a hundred dollars more as opposed to Sony's machine, and what that does, and they, they can undercut that. Uh, we're talking, you know, they can make that for, uh, you know, let's say, for example, you know, they sell 35 million. I'm just giving an example, 35 million units, you know, and they're losing $100 off that. I mean, do, just do the math on that. You know, they can cover it up or make up those costs with, uh, you know, software, controllers, you know, uh, government contract. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i will say that i mean they do have well i don't want to say extra income but uh, game pass as you said like they could be getting the extra like that revenue to kind of supplement the cost from somewhere some somewhere like you know xbox live or game pass since they're they're doing crazy numbers with game pass apparently so they could subsidize it, I suppose, but it just that's a that's a big, big uh, that's a like four hundred bucks is a well, pretty. So you got to take this in consideration, though, because it wouldn't. Let's say it does launch in at four hundred dollars. You know, think of the head start they they can get uh, as opposed to five hundred dollars. To top it off, you know, later on in, in a console cycle's life. The consoles are cheaper to make because the parts are cheaper. So maybe maybe they can estimate, uh, you know, let's say 
they're waiting six months or to a year uh, of you know losses on this system and waiting for some of these prices to drop as far as the parts go. You know, maybe they take that in consideration. I'll say this: if if it does, if it is four hundred American, my God, that would send a shockwave. Like that would be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, See, that's what we were chatting about. Was if it comes out at four hundred dollars, mm-hmm. you know, I guess tinfoil fa- tinfoil hat theory is prevailing tonight. Um, is this is this is this Microsoft and AMD teaming up to create the most competition we've seen in a long time in the PC market? You know, PC gaming is expensive. the The components are expensive, and one of the main factors of the expense is there's very little to no competition when you get up into the premium hardware. And so, is this um, if it comes out at four hundred dollars? This is going to severely um, definitely influence the price of um, console gaming going forward because now you're going to have that. Well, I can do all this, that, and the other on a $400 closed system box. You know, tell me how, why I should spend a thousand to $1,500. Yeah. And they can come out, they can come out and say, uh, you know, uh, by the way, um, we purchased AMD for X amount of dollars. Oh, and by the way, uh, because of that, we purchased AMD. Uh, the Xbox One X Series X is going to be $400. We just cornered the market, so congratulations. We, yeah, did you say Microsoft <laughs> purchased AMD? No, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> come on, dude. That means, and so that means for every PS5 out there, there's an exactly. Xbox logo under the hood. Exactly. So Ooh. you corner the market and you make up your money that way for every PlayStation. That's hey, that's what Sony did. If you guys remember, mm. with its Blu-ray technology, and I did think it was funny that everybody was saying, "Well, wait, Michael Michael Pactor said it, so you know you can't believe it because he said." there wouldn't be any consoles after 360. I'm like, yeah, find me a any, you know, predictor or any, like, analyst that was 100% right on everything they've ever said. Well, um, uh, <laughs> Michael... Don't believe pa- any analyst. <laughs> if I'm right, Michael, uh, Michael Pactor was the individual that's uh, described GameStop um, last year as a melting ice cube and actually gave them 10 years of uh, survival left. I thought that was a very large overestimation. I mean, as they shrink and shrink, so yeah, they'll be survived. And like oh. Blockbuster, there's what? There was still a store. At least I don't know if it's still now, but no, no, a couple no. of years so, ago, there was still a Blockbuster somewhere. It's, it's so not like sense. Pactor has revealed anything that's, uh, you know, groundbreaking or, or yeah. um, that's not true. I mean, we see it on the surface, and he, we're not insiders. You know, we see it yeah. when we walk into the store. So him making that claim is like okay or we knew that five years ago buddy well well when you walk into the stores and all that other stuff you actually don't feel like they have 10 years especially now after covid19 but beforehand i mean when he made that statement last year it it feels it feels like they've got less than 10 years that's why i was just like you know I, i definitely take him I uh I don't really hang everything off of what he says because there is some, I guess you would say flexibility in what he says. Well, it just depends. Like they haven't filed for chapter eleven or thirteen yet, so 
you know i oh no but even when you even when you chap even when you file it's just even when you it just takes a while you know it takes a while for these stores to close up especially when you have as many retail uh retail spots as as gamestop does you know when they purchased when they purchased electronic boutiques they inherited you know over three thousand locations and they became a uh you know they became international in the process so you know oh, yeah yeah when they yeah you know that you remember funko land i think funko was in canada uh yeah yeah funko, I, I know eb games was in canada for sure yeah they still are <clears throat> Yeah. See, I, but it's under obviously GameStop, but it is yeah. games. Yeah. There, there's a lot of stuff going on in GameStop right now. I, I'm developing kind of a video that's been kind of like it, it kind of gets bigger and bigger as time goes by because it's amazing what goes on in there. Um, there's actually uh, an investor that's actually buying up a lot of stock in uh, GameStop right now, which is actually causing their um, stock Price prices to go, to go up, yeah. up as yep. a result of that. So there, there, there's somebody who is actually playing some strategic games with uh, GameStop shares to kind of, kind of get GameStop to be worth more money. Um, and then also like the, I'm trying to find the article. It's kind of lost. Oh yeah. Um, at now all of a sudden, like on an article that I have here, it says activists at, uh, investors ask GameStop for more changes and they're actually asking for two board seats. So all the investors that have a weight in the GameStop um, brand have now demanded that they have two representatives that will sit at the board of GameStop uh, at the board meetings. So that way the investors actually know what is going on inside these board meetings. Mm -hmm. The investors at this point are pretty much forcing their hand and taking over GameStop because uh, they are pretty much concerned of what the uh, GameStop hierarchy is doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's, you can save GameStop. I don't care who they hire because you yeah, would have to fundamentally retail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you would have to fundamentally change. Uh, you would have to rebrand essentially. And name it something else other than GameStop. Um, I don't know how they would go about doing that. I mean, but yeah, I feel like mm -hmm. they already did that with their Think Geek stores, you know, that are now part of them. So like we kind of just turn those into. I don't know if that's super lucrative, but <laughs> no, no, because those things are. Um... Uh, you know they're they're not making they're not pulling in enough mo money on that, and their margins aren't are aren't too high. It's not like their used game business to where they're making a fortune yeah. off it. I can see uh, them undercutting Sony this time around, whereas like last time they were, you know, coming in on equal footing from the previous yeah. gen. But this one, they see the plus side of that is they would gain a lot of market share probably especially in the u.s back um by just undercutting by a hundred bucks plus it's the more powerful console so it's kind of the flip side of that you know mm -hmm. if sony's mm -hmm. charging us for a weaker hardware plus you're giving us all of your games on game pass 
Well, not to mention the fact that obviously we're, you know, in this time period, right, where there's a lot of uh, financial, exactly. I guess you could say, instability. Uncertainty. Uncertainty. And, hey, maybe Microsoft is looking at the situation and being like, well, you know, this is kind of uh, trying times. We don't know what the situation is going to be like come November or whenever they decide to release. Let's say November, for example. It's well, again, I don't have a magic crystal ball, but I would imagine that they're going to be taking the price into, you know, they, actually they maybe now more than ever, they would be looking at a $400 price tag and being like, well, if we really want to cement ourselves in this uh, climate, then yeah, yeah, they could, they could take advantage of it in that way. See, like to add on to what I said earlier about Microsoft right now is willing to wait probably no later than July to reveal the price for the Series X. If PlayStation has not revealed anything as of yet that's going to hint towards a price, I'm pretty sure Microsoft at that point would probably say $399 purely because that is going to be the safest number you could shoot out that either is either your competition is going to sell it for the same cost or you're going to take that gamble and that they're just, they're going to be more expensive, but the odds of the PS five being less than three ninety nine are pretty nil. So therefore definitely Microsoft, at least if you look at that is the surefire number that Microsoft would have to put out there. If they're going to be the first ones to uh, put out a price tag that they feel comfortable that either no one can beat, but at least meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, going to be said beat meat there. <laughs> I can beat my meat pretty good since you're in. I don't know about you. Well, we were just talking about beef and pork and chicken. So, you know, <laughs> but this is how things work around me. I'm sorry, gentlemen. Definitely. Yes. And don't forget ice cream too. A lot, actually, a lot of people talking about ice cream in the chat earlier. You we know, had a getting... lot of food talk tonight. Well, you know, I mean, people are hungry, and well, is um, is quarantine getting to people? Are we starting to have podcasting about food? <clears throat> I know because I am in quarantine. No, I'm not in quarantine anymore. <laughs> but, uh, the effects of quarantine have uh, caused me to gain, I want to say, ten to fifteen pounds, and that is being. Oof. Yeah, I'm kind of undercutting myself, but okay. Let's say 20 to 25. No, I'm just kidding. Not that many. I probably so, gained a good five pounds. Couldn't <laughs> be the ice cream. Yep. Oh, shocks driving again. <laughs> I guess we'll find out soon, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I guess we need to get you uh, a couple of those Connect workout games, huh? <laughs> oh, my you God. You know, you can't, you can't even. Uh, they disconnect. So this is what happened when those came out. So I purchased those Connect workout games. Uh, you know, they, I don't know if it was Extreme Fitness or anyway, I purchased a lot of them and I received the credit of $160 from Xbox because I purchased those and they discontinued everything and they just didn't, didn't do it anymore. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. I mean, there's basically no Connect support, to say the least. So, <clears throat> kind of forgot about that. But uh, well, I mean, <laughs> there were some options, anyways. <laughs> uh, if you go, yep. if you go with your OG Xbox, anyways. Yep. Yep. Uh, 
And Shockley dropped again. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, I think that about uh, does it for tonight's show. Uh, you know, I really did enjoy our talk tonight. We highlighted our obviously our reactions to the latest Xbox Series X event, Dying Light Two, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I thought it was a pretty fun talk. Uh, you know, went back and forth about it. Uh, good chat, guys. And hey, to everybody in the chat. Thank you for coming out tonight to watch the show. Uh, obviously, Fastback, NLG Gaming. You guys rock, by the way. Thanks for coming out. Crazy Greek Dude. Uh, we had Alex Basha here, of course, throughout the show. Solomon Curry, Geeky Nerd, Mr. Kima. whole bunch of great people here. Thank you, guys. I know Jago was here earlier. Hey, Thank you. For don't forget about our Man Eater giveaway. I know at first when I seen Man Eater, I thought it was a joke. Like it was a porno or something like that, but <laughs> of course, you uh, would. yeah. But uh, don't forget about our man eater giveaway, and don't forget Shockley's now driving on the state Indiana State Highway. Um, I don't know where he is. That's uh, a great question. He keeps popping in and out, in and out. Not sure what's going on there. Uh, maybe there's some uh, the quarantine internet isn't working as good. Hmm. But uh, you know what? Maneater does look good. I did mention at the beginning of the show, Maneater, it does look like a, a very interesting, a unique game. It's by Tripwire, uh, right? So it's uh, done by the guys who did uh, Killing Floor. That was a pretty good, fun game. Uh, definitely a really... I, th I think they're a good studio, but Maneater does seem like a pretty cool game. The Shark PG, I guess you could say it's a unique take on... It's a very unique title. I like it, and I know a lot of people, when we announced it, are excited about the game. So it's one of the more unique titles coming out this month. Uh, Shock, great to have you back, pal. Uh, guys, if you happen to enjoy the show, then please share this out. Give it a like and leave a comment afterwards. Uh, we're going to head to the outros now. Uh, Shock, I'll get to you first. Not sure about your connection here. Where can everybody find you? And don't say the highway. Yeah, not the highway this time. But <laughs> Sorry, I've, I haven't been on my computer today. I've been on my phone, so it's gone in and out. Uh, but yeah, you can find me at Shock Nero on Twitter. Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, thanks for stopping by. All right, good stuff, bud. Uh, Jeremy, good show. Uh, where can everybody find you, pal? What's up, my brother? Um, <laughs> that wasn't creepy at all. You can find me on uh, Twitter. Um, I'm currently arguing with liberals, but uh, just to let you know, all you Ob Obama fans out there, um, yeah. Obama fans, if you're in the chat, F you. Um, it's the Obama Gates trending on Twitter right now. 1.40, 1. 1.1 million tweets. It's 1.43 uh, million tweets. So, haha. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh okay jeremy no problem uh all right thanks very much pal um <laughs> sorry that was funny <laughs> good stuff good stuff um all right i'll just head over to <laughs> centurion then <laughs> centurion where can everybody uh find you 
Well, for everybody, um, you can find me on Twitter where the only colors I represent are that green, blue, and red Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo. I do keep it political free just because I don't have the backbone that Downer does. But you can always find me on Twitter, Xbox Live, and YouTube at Centurion1307. I also kick it with you great gentlemen every Sunday night right here on the TXR podcast. And you can also find me on the Shop Podcast every Saturday night with PTK Blam and the rest of the crew. Of course, uh, good stuff. Definitely check out Centurion's channel. Uh, he posts. Uh, he's been putting out some uh, pretty good content recently. Definitely. Oh check no, out. no, please, please don't recommend the last video. Apparently, they're 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 like. Apparently, my last video. If you watch it, um, a small <clears throat> child will climb out of the screen, touch you, and you'll probably catch COVID nineteen. That that video totally bombed. <laughs> 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 oh my god i'm just uh, laughing because i didn't think about it when i released the video i was like everybody's probably avoiding social media right now because that whole last of us 2 leak and of course when you release a video on an xbox event i'm pretty sure people are gonna avoid it well it can go well you'll be surprised but uh Going my way home. Oh, please. I'm not. And please, I'm not crying about the video flopping. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying you've been doing some pretty good videos as of late. So definitely keep at it. I'm looking forward to your next one. Um, I'm actually going to do some videos that are going to kind of <laughs> like, if you don't mind me, I was just actually wanting to do some videos that are actually going to kind of help showcase some of these games that were, uh, shown at the inside xbox event and kind of go into a little bit more detail on what the games are about when we can kind of expect them and what we're expecting out of uh, some of the stuff that they're wanting to put in these games that make them next gen yeah definitely i again uh xbox could have done a little bit better with their messaging there so definitely yeah highlight them and talk about them well and, yeah xbox uh, got me so hey i'm right here <laughs> hey absolutely brother and Hey everyone, of course, I'm Invader. You guys can find me on my channel, Invader Gaming, and of course on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Take it easy, everyone. I hope uh, all the moms out there had a fantastic Mother's Day. And uh, yeah, we hope to see you all next week. So uh, until next time, fellas, have a good night.